0: Bay Area. They will be back to normal tomorrow, so parents, get those kids ready, because they got to be up and early for school uh, amid what happened uh, about 12 hours previously.
1: All right, Ryan, that collective groan you just heard was from every kid in Florida hoping for another day off of school. Uh, Thanks so much. Again, a reminder of just how incredible these storms are. They can sweep in, do so much damage, and they're gone in a matter of hours. We'll have much more on Adalia coming up in the next hour with On Balance with Leland Bittert. I'm Elizabeth Vargas. I hope you'll be back here tomorrow night. Have a good one.
2: On the program, tonight's scary moment.
3: Did you hear the question, Senator? Running for re-election
4: in 2026?
2: Yes. Mitch McConnell suffers a new medical episode on camera. From McConnell to Biden, Feinstein, and even Trump, the age issue is becoming harder to ignore.
5: Look, there it goes. There it goes.
2: Florida floods. Hurricane Idalia forces a wall of water on the Gulf Coast. Where is this deadly storm heading next? Push comes to shove. Things get heated in the Tennessee State House. The Speaker of the House responds to demands he stepped down. And Whopper or Whimper? real taste with perfect toppers. I this day. A new lawsuit says Burger King has had it their way with deceptive ads.
4: F-B-K, your way.
2: In other words, where's The beef. All right, we begin. we begin with the breaking news of Hurricane Idalia. It tore through Florida. Two died, and there was that wall of water. Obviously, we won't know for the next couple of days exactly how many people don't have a house to come home to. Thankfully, most of the people in the flood zones evacuated. The pictures show just how powerful the water is. It is not often the wind. It is the water uh, that kills. And that's what they're watching Farther north, live pictures right now of Kiowa Island, uh, as you can see in South Carolina. The surge is coming in there. It's also coming in to Charleston. Latest shows the uh, track, the latest track shows the storm moving over Charleston and along the South Carolina coastline. That means that the dirty side of the storm is going to take water out of the Atlantic and then shove it up uh, against Charleston in so many of those areas along the coast that have inlets and tributaries and rivers. So there's gonna be a lot of people, five, 10, 15 miles from the coastline that are feeling the effects of the storm surge coming in. Back to the storm zone as news warrants. We'll check in with Robert Sherman a little later in the show as things get worse in Charleston. But first tonight, the scariest pictures we saw today aren't necessarily of the hurricane. It is the full 30 seconds of tape where Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell literally freezes during a press conference in Kentucky.
1: What are your thoughts on
6: that? I'm sorry, I had a hard time hearing you. That's okay. What are your thoughts on running for re-election in 2026? What are my thoughts about what? Running for re-election in
5: 2026. that's a...
3: Did you hear the question, Senator, running for re-election in 2026?
4: Yes. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry, you all. We're going to need a minute. Senator.
6: Benny. Yep. i so...
5: Come with us. Okay.
3: <clears throat>
5: okay.
2: Somebody else have a question? It's hard to watch. This, of course, isn't the first time we saw this. July 26th, the 81-year-old froze for about the same amount of time, suffering a very similar episode in front of his Republican colleagues in the Senate. You can see John Barrasso there, a physician himself, who led Mitch McConnell away. And McConnell is not alone. Americans are reminded daily that many of our leaders are, shall we kindly say, of an advanced age. We have an 80 and soon to be 81-year-old president who stumbles and bumbles are frequently, far too frequently, caught on camera. All right, and we'll get into some of the other episodes uh, that the president's had, some of his confusion issues. There's a new poll out that shows age is playing a huge part. In the 2024 election, 77% of Americans think that President Biden is too old to run again for office. 69% of Democrats think the same thing. That's Democrats. 77-year-old Donald Trump, 77 being the age President Reagan was when he left office. Trump fares far better, but still, more than half the country thinks he's too old to serve. Yet, these are the choices. These are the leaders uh, we are left with. With that, we bring in Lauren Wright. Associate Research Scholar and Lecturer at Princeton University. Um, let's look at this in the in the larger sense. And it's kind of funny, right, that President Biden doesn't really want to talk about this. And, you know, no Democrat really wants to hit Mitch McConnell on this issue because it, it brings up the age issue for Donald Trump. But how is it that we got to the this point of having an entrenched political aristocracy on both sides that's really old?
3: Yeah, it's the age-old question about old age, and we got here because of the incumbency advantage. And look, I am the very first person to defend aging senators who really know their stuff and really hold the institution together and know the rules. But when you have an ailing person who obviously can't do the job, that's an entirely different matter.
2: Right. And my my question now as we look at it, and obviously the, the voters of Kentucky can figure out what they will or won't do with Mitch McConnell. The irony that he was being asked if he's going to run again in two years um, is pretty rich. But we put this in focus for 2024 when you've got Joe Biden, right. who will be by far the oldest president um, we've had. Uh, he's now using the mini stairs uh, to go up and down Air Force One uh, because they don't want the stumbles on the stairs. There's been a number of times he's gotten very confused about even which war Vladimir Putin's involved in um, and the like. Yet, when you see head-to-head polling with him versus Donald Trump, etc., it feels as though voters don't really care about the age issue. They view perhaps even both candidates as simply a proxy to be against the other one.
3: That's right, so when we ask voters directly whether Biden's too old, yes, the vast majority say yes. When you ask them if they want age limits on politicians, the vast majority say yes. But that's a particular question and the advantage Biden has is voters care more about other issues. And uh, Trump's age is certainly an advantage for him too because the same questions could be asked. But I would actually say on the whole, the problem we have is brand new congressional reps coming in with no experience. I think on average, that's a much bigger problem. And I would put the squad in that basket. I would put Madison Cawthorn and Lauren Boebert and George Santos in that basket, too. It's not a partisan issue, uh, but experience does really, really help in policymaking making. Uh, but these couple of people who are very mm. old, whether it's the president or a senator who's a major leader in the U.S., it's obviously concerning.
2: Right. And look, there's a big difference between the president and the Republican minority leader, who um, is a you know, powerful member of sure. the U.S. Senate, but but isn't isn't making decisions on a moment by moment basis. Speaking of decisions, um, mm-hmm. huge effort by the White House to show President Biden in command, in control during the hurricane, right? You had them have a press conference today with Lloyd Austin and chair, chairman of the Joint Chiefs. Uh, Alejandro Americas, head of DHS, was all there for him, him to look presidential and in command during, during the storm. You juxtapose that um, almost side by side with the response to Maui, and it sort of shows you how the White House feels, uh, the response to Maui was, was felt and how that went over. Again, in a nation as polarized as we have, do any of these moments sort of really matter if you have one side saying, I dislike this guy so much, and the other side saying, I dislike that guy so much?
3: Well, no matter how old Joe Biden is, he could be 90, and I still think Democrats would vote for him and Republicans would not. You know, that that reality does not change. But you're right, the infrastructure surrounding Joe Biden and presidents in general to make them look Spry and like energetic leaders is tremendous. And that has only gotten worse with the 24 hour news cycle that really requires this packaging around the president. It's every president, not just Mm -hmm. the old ones. But yes, you're right. And the White House has done a pretty good job with Joe Biden considering how many of these mishaps there are.
2: Oh, yeah. You're seeing him being put sort of out less and less and much more in these controlled environments, which makes it um, all the harder to campaign uh, although if you're campaigning depending on who you're campaigning against that matters all right Lauren thank you very much we appreciate it police nearly had to break up a fight on the floor of the Tennessee State Assembly over proposed gun control laws take a listen <laughs> Gun control is, of course, a contentious issue. Perhaps it's a good thing uh, that nobody was packing heat on the House floor yesterday. The legislature came back for a special session to work on red flag laws and other measures. It's been five months since a former student gunned down three children and an educator at a Nashville Christian school. The shooter identified as transgender. Republicans, of course, want the shooter's manifesto released. In fact, a lot of people who aren't necessarily Republicans want it released as well. Uh, The manifesto has not been released yet. You might remember just after the shooting, the House voted to throw out two black lawmakers over an unruly protest that included bringing a bullhorn onto the floor. They have since become a cause de celeb among the American left. Since then, things have deteriorated. Of course, not every day you see a state speaker in a scuffle with another state representative. Special session uh, achieved next to nothing. Four bills passed. Um, Obviously, shall we say, a contentious issue. With us now, Speaker of the Tennessee House of Representatives, Cameron Section. It's good to see you, sir. Um, I appreciate it. The best I could tell is one of the two members who had been expelled, as we watched the video over and over again, kept pushing, putting the sign in your face almost, if, if we look at the video, made it a li- make you a little angry?
6: No, I didn't make me angry. What what made angry is I was uh, leaving uh, the diocese and I was coming down and they were following me and then... Uh, I get past the cameraman who's on my left in the green. And then when I get there, Representative Pearson decides to intentionally come up and try to body bump me, which he did. That's what kind of got my dander up. And we exchanged some words and he got pulled away, fortunately for him. Yeah,
2: let me I guess what I what I'm trying to understand. I, I understand that there's emotions that are high on both sides of this issue. And that's just politics and perhaps politics in America right now. I'm wondering what it says and why you think that, especially in Tennessee, you're you're getting a situation where things are almost coming to, you know, I mean, I don't know about to blows, but certainly things are getting uh, rather heated in, uh, in a way that they don't need to be.
6: Well, I think what you have is, is that's not the case. We have 99 members. And, and so only two of the members out of the 99 are uh, trying to cause chaos and, uh, interactions. Representative Pearson's one of them. Another video later was Representative Jones going up to the diocese after we left and, and, and using the gavel from the speaker to, to talk to the gallery. And so you just have two people on the other side of the aisle who refuse to follow the House rules. Um, and that's what you get. We're going to continue to push through it, work through it. But you have two individuals that's causing the problems and, and they're not there to do uh, the business or be a, a state representative, they're just there to promote themselves.
2: All right. Well, you know, in the past, we've asked for uh, Justin Pearson to come on. He's uh, ignored our calls and refuses to. So that's that's up to him. But to be fair, we'll play a soundbite from him. Let you respond. Take a listen.
0: Okay. He started to yell and scream as though we had done something. Representative Jones was pushed by uh, Representative Sapiki as well for holding signs and demanding that we protect kids and not guns.
2: Let me ask you this. you think this is really about protecting kids versus protecting guns, or is there something else going on?
6: Well, I can't speak for them, but let me let me say it's always interesting that the two people who instigate everything at the point when they instigate it, they become the victims of their instigation. So look, we're here to do the, the work of Tennesseans and, and what they want us to do. Obviously, those two have a different priority and a different perspective. Um, that's on them, but we're not going to allow them to, to come up and bump us and pop us and that's not right, and when that happens, we'll we'll have some conversations with them. That's what we had. Uh, things got pulled apart, um, but it happens, unfortunately.
2: You mentioned doing what the people of Tennessee want, and I I understand that. There's different states that have different views on all sorts of things. When it after the Covenant Christian shooting, there was such a push for for more strict gun laws. I'll let you put adjectives to them. Do you think that that there is an appetite for that in your state, or is this another situation where Republicans play for time to, to keep their base happy and not instigate reforms that would be widely popular?
6: Well, I, I, don't, I don't think that the, the proposals put forth by the Democrat Party about banning weapons, about banning ammunition or magazine sizes is what Tennesseans want. When you look at the polling that we have done and, and look at things that you had mentioned, 40 percent of the people out there in your poll said that mental health was a key issue in it. That's the same thing that Tennesseans feel like. In this special session, the House put forth 20 different bills that we passed on the House floor, some dealing with mental health that would have made a difference. We couldn't get the Senate to go along, so we only could pass forward with the Senate, but Senate's help. So we'll come back in January, but it's much bigger issue than, than the gun. It's, it's a mental health crisis all yeah, across no, our we, country, we, in Tennessee.
2: Well, and speak, speaking of mental health, you're getting me to my last question. i got 30 seconds. Are we going to ever see the manifesto by this shooter? It's been, what, five months now compared yeah. to five hours for the shooting in uh, Jacksonville, Florida?
6: It's unfortunate. We do need to see the manifesto. The problem is now what you had is people suing. You had the parents suing on one side and gun groups on the other side suing, and it's caught up in court, and so you can't release it. But we do need to see it as soon as possible to really see what the motives were and what we need to do. Mental health was a big aspect of the shooter that needs to be uncovered. All
2: right. Um, Mr. Speaker, we appreciate you being with us. Enjoy the long weekend, and we'll talk soon, sir. Let us know if you ever come to D.C. We'd love to have you in studio.
6: Yes, sir. Thank you very much.
2: All right. Advertising, by definition, is aspirational. Few people really use pickups to wrangle horses, and buying the ab roller doesn't give you a six-pack, nor do golf swing aids work all that well. It is often the Indian, not the arrow, as my golf instructor says. But should the products in the commercial, and maybe this is true, maybe they should at least look like what you get.
6: (laughs) Whopper, 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 Junior Double Triple Whopper, flame grill
4: taste with perfect toppers, I iron this day.
2: I'm not even hungry and those look pretty good. But that's not the Whopper you actually get when you order a Whopper. Customers now are suing Burger King over misleading commercials and photos of the famous Whopper. The class action lawsuit claims Burger King Whoppers show ingredients that overflow the bun. Appear 35% larger in commercials, and the pictures contain more than double the meat to what Burger King actually serves you. And here is the proof. The commercial looks delicious. Flame-grilled patty, sesame seed bun, toppings pouring out. And there is the photo of what, well, you actually get. It's a little sad. All right. Uh, We've had him on before. Lawsuit. uh, The man filed the lawsuit. Consumer Justice Attorney Anthony Russo is with us. I might be with you on this one here. Um, it looks a little stingy, I guess, right?
7: In our opinion, uh, it's always the eye test that uh, tells the tale of uh, what is the truth and what isn't. Um, I think it's very obvious. And thank you again for having us back, and we appreciate the time you've dedicated to allowing us to, you know, help out the consumers.
2: Yeah, no, look, I, I look, I, I used to. Uh, learned from a guy who was a great chef and he, uh, a great restaurateur. He used to teach me that I appeal was by appeal. Uh, they've got the I appeal part figured out, right? That's by by design. Burger King statement, the plaintiff's claims are false. The flame-grilled patties portrayed in our advertising are the same patties used in the millions of Whopper sandwiches we serve to our guests nationwide. Where is the line that you're allowed to uh, create aspirational products, right? We, we all know that just because we buy the ab roll, we're not going to have a six-pack of abs, even sometimes if we do the exercises every day, on and on and on. Um, we all know that that the the Whopper chef, uh, however well-intentioned, who's flipping the burgers at, at midnight at Burger King, may not be a food stylist that these commercials have. Where is the line of, of what is aspirational versus false advertising, as you would call
7: it? I mean, I think it's common sense. Uh, really, it's the, the eye test. You can talk about percentages or weight. But really, it's what you see is what you get. It's pretty clear. You know, if you were going to buy a, a clothing product and you see it on a model, like you said, it may not look exactly like it does when you bring it home, but it is in fact the same product.
2: OK, fair, fair, fair enough that you can't have a lot more stitches or be a fancier fabric on and on and on. I, you and I have gone through this a couple times, right, on various different products, Taco Bell, whatever. Um. And I've made the argument before that in the end it's the consumer who pays the real price because there's a big settlement, the lawyers get a bunch of money, consumers get a coupon, uh, and then we move on and the, the fast food chains tack on the price to, of your settlement onto our food costs. I'm wondering if we've seen any indication through your lawsuits that the fast food companies are actually changing their advertising and or their products so that you can point to success and prove me wrong.
7: That's really the end game, and that's what we're trying to establish here. It's, it's just about making change. Um, like you said, it's always about, you know, it always comes down to dollars and cents. It's a, it's a company. They're running a business. Um, sometimes we have to rely on financial penalties. But really, in the end, what's trying to be brought about is change and the fact to be fair to consumers.
2: All right, I'll take that as a no, that they haven't learned their lesson yet, uh, but you will, I know you'll continue fighting. We'll appreciate it. It's good to see you. Thank you. Thank you again. All right. Let's look north to our neighbors. Justin from Canada. Well, he has a travel warning for Canadians coming to America. We expose the real reason. Justin Trudeau can't wait to criticize
7: our country. I will never apologize for standing up for an LGDP. LGBTQ2 plus uh, kids' rights.
2: Politics can be hard and live pictures of Hurricane Idalia. You can see Charleston, South Carolina right now as the storm surge moves in. $12 billion in damages. How long will it take for folks who lost their homes to get the money they need to rebuild their lives? Labor Day marks the end of summer and the real beginning of the presidential race. Despite 330 million other Americans' as options, it appears right now Donald Trump and Joe Biden will get their party's nominations right now. And one of the reasons for that is the sheer number of Republicans in the race. Trump's lead is formidable but not insurmountable. We learned that from 2016, though, that Trump versus the field, a large field, he likely wins. Trump versus one person... It's a different choice, does change the race. To that end, the National Review just wrote, drop out Asa Hutchinson. Asa Hutchinson is a fine public servant who never should have run for president and is unfortunately demonstrating it every day or at least every time someone remembers he is running with us now, Arkansas's former governor, Asa Hutchinson. So the, the National Review thing I don't think is fair. We'll get to it in a, mi- in a minute. But in a larger sense, right, at what point does the large group of Republicans who either want to be an alternative to Donald Trump or view Donald Trump as an existential threat in this continuum have to coalesce around one person. What's the drop-dead date to give the American people, to give Republicans a choice?
1: Well, it's down the road. Everybody wants to see the end of the book. They want to see the finale before we actually get to the second chapter. And uh, we're in the second chapter of this race. And so, Let's give the voters a chance. And as I've said, this is one of the most unpredictable. It is the most unpredictable political season in my lifetime. Nobody knows how this is going to turn out. You compare it to 2016, you didn't have four indictments uh, in 2016. You didn't have the turmoil uh, that you have now. You didn't have the age of the two leading candidates that you had in 2000.
2: You, you didn't have the current president under investigation uh, or son right. under investigation. We can we can go down the list. No, look, look, this is this is sort of a wild time in America. Granted, why do you think in times of such enormous turmoil, does a man who very successfully read, led Arkansas? I remember talking to you for a long time while you were governor. Uh, grew that state's economy, had huge successes there, huge successes in terms of bringing people together and not going to cra- crazy land on either end of the cultural culture wars. Why is someone sort of so oddly normal so under polling or, or, or uh, unable to get any traction among Americans who say they're fed up with the craziness?
1: Well, I'm doing this because it's extremely important to our country. There's a lot at stake, both for the Republican Party, but our country most importantly. And whenever you look at the uh, debate that we just had, we got a bump out of that. Uh, We're going to qualify for the second debate that's coming up in uh, the Reagan Library. And uh, that was my first opportunity to introduce myself to America as a former governor, as someone who served in high positions on national security issues. And so Uh, That's the first opportunity. We haven't got into paid media yet. And so uh, we're going to qualify also in terms of the polling numbers. So whenever you look at we had 12 or more candidates, we had eight on the debate stage. We'll see how many we have in Simi Valley at the next debate. But I think it's going to naturally come together uh, and and, and consolidate. So
2: Francis Suarez, who was not on the debate stage then, then dropped out. You make the point that things are so predictable, unpredictable because of Donald Trump's four indictments. Yet we've seen time and time again, but even more assertively this time, him defy political gravity, which is you get indicted, you go spend time with your family. You don't go up in the polls as he has. You don't continue to get huge fundraising hauls. Do you really hope that, do you believe that you can change the minds of, even 25% of the people who are supporting him right now?
1: I don't know how this is going to play out. Okay. But I know that we can't win in 2024 with Donald Trump leading the ticket. I know that there's too much controversy. I know that he will not uh, lead our country in the right direction uh, whenever he has a revenge agenda ahead of him. And so we have to have a change. Now, Aren't those, for, forgive the interruption, aren't those two different arguments, though, and I, I've heard the argument
2: he can't win, although right now when you poll it, which is the only metric we have, he either ties Biden, and in a lot of swing states, tie is well within the margin of error, he he really can win. People said that in 2016, he can't win. He did. Those are Aren't those two different arguments?
1: Well, the argument is he can't win. You're saying the polling is going to be static, and it's going to be the way it is now, six months from now, I'm saying here that I don't believe that's the case. Okay, but, but, but
2: why What? Why is it going to change? Every indictment he's gone up in polling, he's gone up in fundraising.
1: What's going to change that trend? Well, what will change that trend is when, as people realize that uh, he is not going to be successful. You're going to see his numbers go down over time. I've been to Iowa. You were there at the mm-hmm. Iowa State Fair. And the polling does not reflect the conversations you have on the ground. And so I could be wrong on this. But all I know is that I'm not going to stand back and say, uh, Mr. Trump, uh, you deserve four more years in the White House. And I believe it's personal to you. It's it's personal to the country. And the American people deserve to have an alternative for the future. Now, I might not be the beneficiary of all the argument. Uh, If Trump declines, maybe those votes go to somewhere else. But I showed on the debate stage that I'm ready to be president of the United States. We're going to have another, another opportunity in a month at Simi Valley at the debate at the Reagan Library. So let's see how this plays out. But whenever you're looking at the threats that face our country, of internally, economically, externally, from China to Iran, these are serious times, and it takes serious leaders. I've demonstrated seriousness, seriousness in addressing these issues, and I think we can make that case on the debate stage. Well, and to, to be
2: to be fair, your record in Arkansas speaks for itself in terms of what you were able to do. If, if, if someone could do for America what you did for Arkansas uh, over the next four years, we'd be in a lot better spot. It's good to see you, Governor. Thank you, Leader. Thank you very much. Uh, Canada, our neighbors to the north, just issued a travel advisory to the United States over LGBTQ rights. The Department of Global Affairs in Canada said some states have enacted laws and policies that may affect 2S LGBTQ. Uh, if you're wondering what 2S is, it refers to a person who is two-spirited, which is a common belief among indigenous people. So you learn something new every day. Welcome to the program. Uh, there are perhaps problems for members of the LGBTQ community in the United States. Hate crimes against members of that community rose 11% in the last year. But Canada might want to look at its own crime statistics. We, We did, to be fair. In that same time period, crimes against LGBTQ people in Canada rose 27%, more than double the rise in the United States. So there might be more to this. Joining us now, Isaac School, staff writer at Media, Mediaite. Isaac, it's good to see you. Um, there's got to be something more going on in this. I mean, this it's just virtue signaling, right?
5: Yeah, I think this is a great example of the progressive instinct to avoid uncom- uncomfortable debates. Um, instead of engaging in a conversation, there's a rush to get some kind of official body to label a certain viewpoint or policy or group harmful, um, so as to ally the, the merits. Um, if you go to the Canadian government website where there's an advisories housed, there's not a specific law or even a specific state named. Um, It just asks the reader to take for granted that there are these harmful laws um, that could affect the LGBT community here. And I think that lack of specificity is telling.
2: Right. It's it sort of it, – look, it's sort of performative, right? It's like the NAACP warning about going to Florida and on and on and on. It's much more about – the person who's giving the warning and sort of what they the point they want to make and actually protecting the people who um, would would potentially be be harmful. Uh, look, Canada's Canadians make up 27 percent of the 62.8 million inbound foreign tourists who visit the U.S. each year. They spend a lot of money here on and on and on. And look, it's important to try and protect to protect tourism and revenue. And we've seen what's happened in in blue states or progressive cities that have, have lost that. I'm wondering, though, specifically about Justin Trudeau, right, who has had such a checkered past himself on these issues. uh caught wearing blackface. This is a guy who praised Fidel Castro, was a larger-than-life leader who served his people for almost half a century, a legendary revolutionary in order. Mr. Castro made significant improvements to the education and health care of his island nation. Um, dot, 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 dot. Uh, and missed out the while well, fifty years of tyrannical regimes and torture and executions and on and on and on. Somehow Justin Trudeau left that out. What what do you think Justin Trudeau's end game here is?
5: Yeah, I mean, I think he's trying to distract from his poor his own poor record in Canada. Um, and I mean, if we are going to put the shoe on the other foot, I mean, the U.S. could easily uh, issue a similar advisory for those suffering from depression or other serious mental illnesses based on Canada's own very permissive assisted suicide laws, which have gotten a lot of attention um, across the globe, really. I mean, but I'd argue that we shouldn't do that. What we should actually do is have an actual argument about the merits of that policy. All right. Hey, uh, pretty interesting
2: conversation, uh, Isaac. Thank you. Uh, We're glad you're feeling better. I still... (laughs) <laughs> and now it's me with the allergy, so I can barely talk. But thank you for car- thank you for carrying the segment, my friend. We'll talk
5: soon. Thank you so much.
2: All right, Mr. Robert Sherman is on standby in Charleston, South Carolina, as Idalia continues to tear through Georgia and the Carolinas. It's going to destroy a lot of a lot of homes in rural America, rural South Carolina, rural Florida. Got hit particularly hard. Will rural residents get left behind like the fire victims of Maui?
1: Have you ever wondered how hot it would have to be to cook a grilled cheese sandwich on the sidewalk? You wouldn't even need to put it in the sidewalk. Leave it in your plastic bag and uh, you'd be fine. Or what about if there's a centuries-old piece of art on the shelf at your local thrift shop? They're not drugs or guns. I
3: mean, they could be lurking on a shelf at your local Goodwill.
1: Mike Rogers here. And if these are the kinds of stories you want to hear more about, listen to my podcast, Something Offbeat. New episodes drop every Monday wherever you listen to podcasts.
5: It's been said that when someone you love has Parkinson's, you have Parkinson's. The Parkinson's Foundation knows that the disease doesn't just affect the diagnosed, it affects everyone who supports and helps care for them.
3: If you have questions, the Parkinson's Foundation has answers.
5: We can help you understand the disease
3: and give you tips for living a better life. Find your answers at
5: parkinson.org or call 1-800-473-4636. The Parkinson's Foundation. Better Better lives together. Check the back
3: seat. Check the back seat. All right, come here. Check the backseat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot, fast, and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the backseat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. You took the first step and quit smoking. But even former smokers may still be at risk for lung cancer. End your summer right with HP's best tech products at the lowest prices with up to 67% off from laptops and desktops to printers, monitors, and more, as well as free shipping storewide. Whether you're going back to school or back to work, find amazing deals on HP Envy, Spectre, and Pavilion computers, as well as printers and monitors. You don't want to miss the amazing Labor Day savings at hp.com.
1: You're listening to On Balance with Leland Bitter on News Nation, America's fastest-growing cable news network.
3: When it comes to a gun suicide attempt, all it takes is a moment.
1: Heather
5: and I had an argument just like any other couple. I was lost. I had snapped. I had a gun, and I was going to take my own life. Heather helped me realize that there was still a life to live for the better of myself, my family. My weapon is now safely
7: put away.
3: A moment of crisis can happen to anyone. Store your guns, locked, unloaded, and away from ammo. Hear more safe stories at endfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by Brady and the Ad Council. FYI, you can maintain your wellness goals without missing out on summer fun. Sakara's ready-to-eat plant-rich meals delivered anywhere in the contiguous U.S. are expert-designed to help you look and feel your best, even during those weeks you're entertaining friends or taking time to get away from it all. Enjoy 20% off your first order when you go to sakara.com/radio or enter radio at checkout. That's s-a-k-a-r-a.com/radio.
1: The impact of a meal goes well beyond feeding our bodies because feeling full can sound like this.
0: How did the interview go?
1: I did it. I got the job. I can't believe it. And like this. Mom, I got first place at the science fair with my volcano project. That's amazing, sweetie. Congratulations. Because when people are fed, futures are nourished, and everyone deserves to live a full life. Join the movement to end hunger at feedingamerica.org actnow act now. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council.
2: All right, live pictures right now of Kiowa Island, South Carolina. You can see the wind has picked up significantly. But the wind in these storms is not necessarily uh, the worst thing. Oftentimes, it is the storm surge. It is the water that kills. High tide is in about an hour. And the tides come in along with the storm surge on the dirty side of the storm, which is now pounding and coming up along the coast and then is going to slam in To Charleston, South Carolina, which is where our Robert Sherman is right now, along the breakwater. Uh, And, Robert, just since you and I have been talking, you know, we've been watching you all day, um, this now appears to be getting far worse at exactly the wrong time.
0: Absolutely Leland. I mean when we were looking at these water levels earlier today we were all commenting. We thought it, it seemed unlikely. It seemed hard to imagine the water coming over that break wall behind us. But now you see what is happening here. We'll show you this whole scene that is behind us here. Those though those white caps are now spilling over into the roadways here. There's a couple issues at play here, Leland. One they call it the low country for a reason. Elevation is not great here in South Carolina. There's the other aspect as well. This is their second king tide of the month, which they locally call a blue tide. High water levels, rainfall coming in. This is the big fear is that you're going to have flooding, which you're starting to see on a lot of these roadways here. Local officials have identified about 25 to 30 roadways that they think are going to be underwater by the time all is set and done. We are not at the worst of it, Leland. We're expecting that to happen within the next hour or so. The message is very clear from the local authorities here. Get off the roadways, hunker down, don't do anything silly, be smart, be safe. That's why they're asking everybody to get indoors as soon as possible. You see, this has really deteriorated over the last couple of hours here at the backside of this storm. Leland?
2: Yeah, and Idalia is now a tropical storm rather than a hurricane. And we we reiterate that it is the, the rising waters that often cause the biggest problems. We've got some video uh, that we're going to play from what happened in Cedar Key and in the Big Bend of Florida. Mercifully, it's one of the more rural parts of Florida. So it was hit hard. There was a lot of flooding. But there's just not the population density um, of a place like Charleston. Obviously, Charleston had a huge influx of people coming into it. The folks in Cedar Key who we've talked to say... That most everybody evacuated, which is why we didn't have the high water rescues and the like. I'm wondering if in Charleston that, that look, is a couple of hundred miles from landfall. It's easy to be sort of lulled into that sense of complacency of, oh, the storm's going to die out over the, over Georgia and North Florida. If people in Charleston have heeded the warnings, uh, as well as they should have.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is the thing here, Leland, is that no evacuation orders have been given here in Charleston. They believe that this flooding is going to be the worst of it here, and they felt as though people did not need to evacuate. State of emergency was declared here in Charleston, but no evacuation orders. We'll see if that ended up being the right call. I mean, Of course, big emphasis on putting out the sandbags, uh, focusing on stopping the flooding as much as possible. Uh, so so that that's the main point of emphasis here. Uh, but for the most part, most folks are still here in Charleston just riding this one out at this point
2: yeah and look you don't have to just necessarily be on the coast these things throw off a lot of tornadoes we got some video uh that i know that you've been in contact with the the local folks about is that a a tornado flipped a car into another car this is the video right now you can see there's the car getting lifted up and then slammed into another car um robert uh be careful our best to you and the crew i saw will Uh, your producer there just before the live shot. Um, You guys deserve a hot meal, at least at the end of tonight. We'll talk soon, all right, buddy? Sounds good, Leland. Thank you. All right. Stay safe. You might have heard that artificial intelligence will change the world. No surprise, a few newspaper owners wanted to save money by using AI to write news stories. Well, we're going to show you the result, the artificial intelligence version of a high school football game when we come back. The Columbus Dispatch has paused its AI-written sports recap articles after one received, it says backlash, I think it's just more questioning. This was the Dispatch article. Westerville North escapes Westerville Central in thin win in Ohio high school football action quote, a close encounter of the athletic kind, as written by Lead AI. The article was ripped apart, uh, as you might imagine, on social media for its clearly robotic writing, not mentioning a single player's name and using, as you heard, the phrase close encounter of the athletic kind. Chris is here. I I feel like this should actually be good news for both of us. I at least got a couple of more years doing this before AI takes over.
4: <laughs> Listen, I, uh, I try to avoid my inner Luddite as often as possible. You know, we fear what we don't understand. Um, people know that innovation tends to mean bad things for workers, uh, but we don't know what AI is going to mean, how it's going to make life better or worse. But it sure is easy to play to fear. And we see it happening once again.
2: I don't know whether Chris lost me or whether I lost Chris, but I think in the little box that we have here to be able to hear each other, Chris, the box says low battery and is flashing with a red light, which I don't think is a recipe for me being able to hear you. So I'm going to ask you what you have coming up on your show. After I tell you how much I enjoyed the Jeff uh, Rowe, the dirty job stuff yesterday and the point you were making about importing labor uh, into China, I'll ask you what's coming up on your show. And then you get to tease the fact that coming up next, I have uh, a little update on the storm before you. Take it away.
4: Okay. now, I think all of you at home heard him. So I'll just be repeating what he said. He has an update on the storm. uh, And I'm going to pretend that Leland didn't mean it. I think he could hear me the whole time, and I think that this is the way that anchors like to big-time other anchors. Leland with the perfect hair, you know, and the great voice and the look. He's trying to stick it to the old man. That's what he's doing. I think he could hear me the entire time, but I will pick up on two of his points. One, the AI thing, listen, you have to stay open to the unknown. All right. Uh, the idea that it's going to steal jobs. Well, that is no more understandable than anything else at this point. So why would that be the part that you promote? You do it for a simple reason. It's frightening. OK, so the way to do the job for us here at News Nation is to show which way it's going, how it's being used and what challenges arise, because, look, we know we have plenty of problems with technology that is completely man-made and controlled. OK. We both know, all of us, that if we were online right now talking about whatever our hobby is or tomatoes, golf, <laughs> uh, Leland and I would start getting ads about golf equipment, tight list and all these other things would start becoming. How? How do they know? So we already oh, are using our AI and we just have to uh-huh. be patient with it. Now, are you going to pretend that you can't hear me anymore again? Or do no, you, no, you, no now, now, now. I mean, I that can, was a bad joke. You know, you leave me here with your audience. Everybody's like, "What what was that about?" We all know you hey, can look, hear me the whole time. Sometimes really nice.
2: sometimes sometimes you need a friend, okay, to pick up the baton. And I just want to say thank you. Uh, you handled it with a plum. I have no idea what you said, but we're going to look at the minute by minute ratings and I guarantee <laughs> you there's going to be a huge
4: spike. <laughs> yes. Okay? Yes. People <laughs> love confusion on TV. It works every time.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's it's amazing. Uh hey, Great show coming up tonight. I have no idea what's on, but whatever you tease is going to be phenomenal. Uh, (laughs) We're going to have a little update on the storm before we hand it over to you. We'll see you. We'll see you after Labor Day. I'm taking a couple of days off, Chris. Updates on the storm in a minute.
6: Ohio, ready for some quick mental health
4: facts? Let's go. Nearly two million Ohioans live with a mental health condition.
2: these hurricanes can be that are coming ashore right now in Kiawah Island, South Carolina. You don't have to just be on the shore; uh, far inland, they spark an awful lot of tornadoes. Some incredible video right now of a car being lifted up by a tornado and then slammed into another car. We understand uh, that both of the drivers went to the hospital, but are going to be okay. It's just a reminder of how dangerous things are right now, uh, all up and down uh, Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, as well as South Carolina. Uh, The flooding through rural Florida has been uh, overwhelming. And look, this isn't this isn't Naples. It's not Fort Myers Beach. The people affected aren't uh, the wealthiest parts of America. Uh, But the destruction that is happening right now and the flooding that's happening inland in some of these states uh, is going to be awful. And it's going to affect people's lives for years, if not decades to come. We're going to watch over
3: America.